don't care. Gonna, I don't want that in my collection. You don't want mudvane. I'm not going to no. defend my <laughs> taste in anything. <laughs> don't judge me. It's okay, bro. It's okay. I will always judge you. Okay. <laughs> I like. I actually like the second album better. How about that? Yeah, it is. We I can't believe people are still listening to mudvane. I can't believe we're still talking about mudvane. Yep. So. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of We Need to Talk About Horror, presented by DestroyTheBrain.com. I'm Andy Triefenbach. I'm Yana Kalafrath. Joshua Lightfoot. I am Rin Maddox. I am Niles Maddox. I am Mike Hessler. And today on episode 53, we will be talking about Alice, Sweet Alice, Sweet Blu-ray <laughs> from Arrow Video. Arrow, Sweet Arrow. The Sweet, sweet Blu-ray Arrow. edition. Yeah. Now, <laughs> me and Andy bought it. Mike, did you yes, buy I it? it. Okay. Anyone else? I tried to buy it last night. I said no. Eric bought it. <laughs> Eric Eyeball bought it uh, Friday night. Wait, did they have another copy? Yeah, they had like oh. they had two copies and they sold both of them. Did who have another copy? The Nightmare Shop. Thanks again to the Nightmare, the Nightmare Shop. Shop. You can visit them at the Nightmare Shop LLC. Uh, yeah, we're just uh, getting over the late night Grindhouse weekend, so. Thank you to everybody that came out for the two shows. A major success. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, good deal. Um, the Did last night sell out? No, not no. quite. We didn't sell out either, but I mean, it did great attendance. Yeah, Friday night it did. I think we only ninety nine had... seats were sold out of one twenty. No, one thirty. One thirty. Well, they don't count the. Uh, that's quite good. They're supposed to stop selling, I think, after a certain point. Well, and they don't count the uh, section. That you can't sell to people unless they're disabled. So right, no, I know. That's but a whole there's row. two single That's seats. Discrimination. I know. There's you two. I'm just saying. You can always get those seats. Can you? Yeah. There's they just two have the right to move you oh. on the end yeah. that you can get. I'm sure this is fascinating every listener. Yeah. But <laughs> you're welcome. Hundred. I think there's 132 seats. So yeah, there was 33 seats unsold on Friday, and I think we sold about 80 Saturday. I don't know. But yeah. It was good. Well, it's good job. Thank you to everybody that came out. The uh, movies are I, all fun. I heard was a plastic bag, so I know it was Josh. <clears throat> <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> He's got Spoiler. Spoiler coming. But yeah, thanks to everybody for coming out. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks to Greg and John for getting the conversation going with Marcus Theaters. Apparently, they are very impressed. So hopefully, we can keep this going next month on Friday. September 13th, and Saturday, September 14th, is Friday the 13th, part two. So Because of course. Yeah, because of course. Why not? Because why not? Uh, so 10 p.m. is the start of that, and uh, that's going to be the new showtime for all the Late Night Grindhouse shows from here on out. Unless I get my wish and we do something fun for October. Maybe more than two features. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But anyway... Uh, what other housekeeping stuff do I have? Oh, um, just a quick announcement that Ren, Niles, and myself will be at Horror Hound Weekend on Saturday in Indianapolis. So if you guys see us, say hey. 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 Maybe we'll have things. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to get ahead of don't myself. Promise them. Yeah, yeah, don't I'm not say promising nothing, anything. Bro. We Stop will give you so booth. many high fives. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll let you know if we have something. Are you guys all sharing a room? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. Who's sleeping in the middle? Who's sleeping in the middle? I mean, I've slept butt to butt with him before, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We did just share a tent. Yeah, we did. (laughs) Steamy. Steamy. Brokeback Mountain stuff. It was real sticky. Uh, that's, that second night was that second night definitely was. But then Niles is a creature of comfort for sure. He was like stealing fans. It was a good time. I get hot. I know you. Do. I know you. <laughs> and then he doesn't I had I had one of those Jackery two forty watt batteries, and he like we had lights plugged into it. He unplugged it and took it to the tent to put in a box fan, which I think only lasted about an hour and a half. One hour. Respect. <laughs> Because he didn't look, he just, he's like, this is what gives it power. I'm not going to look at it to see how long this is going to last. You got to keep your meats cold, kids. Yeah. And I didn't go, <laughs> I didn't go to bed until like 1 a.m. Tim and Eric sketch? <laughs> That's got to be a Tim and Eric sketch. I think it was, uh, everything is terrible. That uh, could be. Maybe. No, that's Tim and Eric, honey. Tim, Tim and Eric? Yeah. I don't know. I want to meet that dad. do 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 Anyway. Anywho. Okay. So like I said, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Destroy the Brain. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Destroy the Brain. Also, we do have a group exclusively for this podcast. Exclusively? Just mm-hmm. eh, invite only. Eh. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, face- specifically for this podcast at Facebook.com slash group slash we need to talk about horror. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into the section of what we've been watching in between the recordings of the episode, which we entitled What We've Been Watching. Mom's spaghetti? (laughs) (laughs) Never forgetty. Arms are heavy. Okay. Yana, (laughs) what have you been watching? So I'll start with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And I'm sure most of us have seen this by now. I think everybody. Everybody everybody but Josh. Good job, Josh. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I went without him for free. I was busy planning our wedding. Oh, oh Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> well, you are out having fun. That's true. gallivanting. Having fun Get watching movies. With your hoodlum friends. Yeah, my hoodlum friends. Doing hood rat shit. <laughs> Eating popcorn. So yeah. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. Um Did we I... all grow up with the books? Mm-hmm. Everyone at this time? I I vaguely, maybe. I have so that's a no. Oh, <laughs> yeah, if if so, I don't really remember. I, I absolutely did. I will say that out of the things that my parents allowed me to do, anything that was the scholastic book fair, right. goosebumps. Oh, yeah. You know, anything scary, oh, I'm buying it. I'm like, buying it. I don't think any elementary school would rent these out now. I don't know, but- See, that's the thing. When I was in elementary yeah. school, you could rent these. Yeah, no, yeah no. I bought them at the Scholastic I, Book Fair. I hid them from my mom so she wouldn't actually look on the inside of them because I was like, if she sees the inside of this, but, there's no I mean, way. This was like okay the most it. popular. Oh, my mom read them. <laughs> it was the most popular care, book in our library. So, so, Those were the days. See, so you dug it? I did enjoy it. Um, I will say that for being PG-13, I actually thought they did a decent job with the monsters. They got away with quite a bit. Yes. They did a little bit more than I thought they would for being PG-13. I do wish if it was R, because I would have liked to see see it go further, because they could have done a lot more than they did. 
But in general, I thought it was actually pretty decent and it made me want to get back out my books. I mean, it didn't yeah. scare me like it did as a kid because those <laughs> those drawings well, are yeah. terrifying and they well, still the, are terrifying. The drawings came to life pretty great they uh, did especially the, the the big the big woman in the hallway <laughs> right. yes where her dress like it starts as a dress at the bottom and then it got like veiny it just becomes her flesh it's so fucking strange and it's a really cool effect oh yeah i i think it's one of those things that i, I was I, ecstatic i thought it was oh, phenomenal yeah. because you know what it is like they took, uh, I think it was like the, after the '90s, they basically did away with the imagery and they redid mm-hmm. the books. And they're, who gives a shit? Is this? I think that was actually in like, the early 2000s, right? And so, who? That's the whole thing. The book itself sucks. I'm sorry, it's the imagery, but it's really, all the imagery. Yep. So what they did was they took a non-existent story and took images from it and made a story. Holy yep. shit! You did a great job, guys. You made yeah. something out of mm-hmm. nothing. Is this all practical makeup? Yeah. Yeah, you Mostly. can watch. There's a there's a great video on YouTube that Andy will link in the show notes. Maybe um, I that will. How cool would it be if this got an Oscar nomination shows, for makeup? Uh, yeah, it, yeah he, mm-hmm. They don't they don't nominate horror movies for you makeup. Never for you never reason. know. I know they could. You're talking about an Academy Award winning director that's involved. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if it's The Wolfman. With Benicio del Toro can win an Oscar, but that was visual effects. <laughs> no, it was no, it was makeup. Rick Baker. Was that makeup? I know Rick Baker. Rick Baker's work that was cut out of the right. movie. I and he won an I Oscar know. for it. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Right. <laughs> I will this say, is like my... giving the the Oscar to Benjamin Button. That was all fucking digital. <laughs> yeah, uh, thought, times are changing. I thought yeah. Scary Stories was pretty solid, especially for a PG thirteen movie for like a gateway into horror uh, for preteens. I think it was mm-hmm. solid. And The Jangly Man is pretty fucking gnarly for oh, a PG-13 yeah. film. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And I really liked Harold because I didn't expect him to go as far as they did. Right, right. And most of that movement is real, too. Oh, yeah. Of, it, of, in the sound, the, the, the effects, I mean, it does, yeah. it does very well effectively creeping you out, and I thought they did a great job bringing it to life. So I... I highly recommend people to go see that in theaters. Yeah, it's still around. Too. My my hope, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be great if they got that out by Halloween. By Halloween on mm. VOD at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's maybe. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Ma's already out. It felt like that was just in theaters. That was in That's March, fun. though. Oh, yeah, oh my I know. God. I know. It feels it, like it feels like it was five months. I feel like I saw that trailer. Well, technically, for like two I think years. it comes out. I yeah. think it comes out in September, like the first week of September. I, I got the Blu-ray, but I think it's out on VOD it's on now. VOD. It's been on VOD for yeah, two or and three I think maybe uh, next Tuesday. Yeah. Or this you watch that coming yet? up Tuesday? No, I haven't watched that. I haven't watched it either. Yeah. Movie party. It's cool. Movie party. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Josh. Oh, who here attended... <laughs> oh. <laughs> who here attended the uh, After Dark Horror Fest series? Me. Actually, you? I'm going to be talking about one. Are you? Yeah. Same. Same. They well, doing that again? I hope so. I mean, that's why you brought <laughs> it up, that right? again. No. no <laughs> I think this... It, after Dark Horror Which one? Fest. The first or second? Or there were third? Three, or? right? Maybe. I think Maybe there was there like four. seven of them, and like no one remembers like the last like. I remember four. the first two, and then I remember like Captivity. 
Which wasn't which part wasn't of part of it, but like they I did see heavily that released it. It was released on video by it, like right. under the banner. Right. The, yeah, but well, it was it's, they, it was so, under the After Dark Films right like, right, right production right. company. The right. DVD says from the guys who brought you After eight Dark. films to die yeah. for. <laughs> uh, so that's how they sold that movie. Okay. Anyway, like After Dark Horror Fest was. Eight movies that probably should have just went direct to video. Well, some of them. Lionsgate, know, Lionsgate bundled bundled them up and did a two day bundled them <laughs> bundled them a two day event where you can just sit and watch all these movies. You in were the working theater. at that theater there. Yes, no? I okay. was. Cool. And but what most people like my dad, he would pay for one movie and then just. Yeah. Sit in the auditorium. I remember they were selling the VIP passes Savage. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> this went for five years. This yeah. This went from yeah. 2006 to 2015. Mm-hmm. Well, well so not consecutive years, yeah, yeah. but it went five I was going to say, that is not math. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, anyway. One of the movies that was supposed to be in the one of the eight After Dark yeah, movies. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm going. Was a movie called Frontiers. And I think it's Frontiers. Frontiers. And I think it's it is on Shutter right now if you want to watch it. Uh You're now I don't know Xavier Yens. What's up? Xavier yes. Yens? Yeah. Yes. Now I don't know if it if like it, it was supposed to be part of one of the eight after dark movies. It was and then it was either replaced with another movie or they just it left wasn't. it out and they uh were denied by the MPAA the show. Right, which is hilarious because I remember those trailers for After Dark Horror Fest specifically said there are some movies that come out or that are made that are so disturbing right. and so messed up that they should not be viewed by the general public. Almost like what you were seeing should be like banned. Or but that was like, a gimmick. <laughs> yeah, though, it was right? ban- banned. Yeah, it was all a gimmick. And the scariest Frontier, things ever there, made approved by the MPA. Yeah. Yeah. And there was one movie that lived up to those expectations, which is and this movie, yeah. but it got an NC-17, and Lionsgate was like, well, we can't put this out because no theater's going to show it. Well, it wasn't even it. necessarily Lionsgate. It was the theaters that made that call yes. where they're like, no, we can't, we can't show an NC-17 because of, movie. Uh, NATO, not like the important NATO, but the National Association of Theater Owners, mm-hmm. usually they do not play NC-17 films. Right. So, uh, Frontiers was the one that, like, kind of got me... Like, this is the one After Dark movie that I'm like, I really need to see this because no theater would show it. Dimension Extreme ended up putting it out. Yeah. Uh, no, I we my dad has the that DVD. wasn't a Dimension no, Extreme. No, uh, it came what? out on DVD still no, under the After under dark. dark label. Yeah, you're right. Still came out under. So they only re- put out seven films that season. To die for. To die for. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Frontiers is about these group of friends causing trouble. They meet up in at a uh, mysterious hotel. And it's basically like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with Nazis. And uh, they... <laughs> it's about accurate. Yeah, they're... I mean, all, and, and I hate using the term torture porn... But, you know, from 2004 to 2010, there was a lot of torture porn movies coming out. And uh, that's basically where this movie goes, where these kids who are troublemakers, they run into trouble with these Nazis. And uh, they 
they all get baked and eaten, <laughs> kind of, in a way. Has what anybody the- else seen this? Yes. Oh, Did yeah. you like yeah. it? <laughs> Look, of all the After Dark Horror Fest movies that I've seen, it is one the best the one ones. that I've seen. Yeah, I... I- so well, I don't know if I buy by, that. by your description, a bunch of shitty movies that should have been direct to video. <laughs> yeah, this was the best of those, this is, and it wasn't even put in theaters. <laughs> but what Andy thinks there's one that's better. Uh, well, I'll talk about it when I get there. Okay, so so check it out. No, you know it's I, I bought it and I've sold it. Okay, because I just wasn't a huge fan of it. I felt like it owed a lot to Texas Chainsaw. It Massacre. definitely does. Um, it's the same, almost honestly, the same movie. Yeah, it's got some brutal moments, but it is a very violent and very gory movie. It kind of reminds me of it's at the end, like of, high tension. Yeah, but that's the thing. It, oh, yeah. It's at the end of the French saying. New Wave extremism, kind of what that. It's at the end of it. Does anybody fuck a baby? No, 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 no Serbian film. No, the Euro- Europeans, <laughs> Europeans but, didn't get. But that's the thing is, like, <laughs> I saw High Tension, I saw Inside, and I like Inside. No, I like I Inside too. I don't. But that's what that. I'm getting at is, if Frontiers was maybe first out of the gate, maybe it would have stood a chance. But at the end, I was like, no. I've already seen. I've better already, than this. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I've seen true. this level of violence that is very graphic and gruesome. But there was always context to it versus Frontiers just seemed it like you said, it seems like a blend of American torture porn mixed with French New Wave extremism. Yeah, there's some things I like about it, but in the end, it it feels like this is familiar or I've seen this before. Yeah. Um, So I give it a pass. But if you're curious, you should, you know, watch it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Rian. Let's go ahead and talk about that double feature from this weekend. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody was What'd there. What'd you watch? We watched <laughs> the Slumber Party Massacre Parts 1 and 2. Yeah, we did. We were all here for it. We were yeah. all there. The gang was all there. So that was interesting. So you've never seen I have never seen either of them, right? never seen okay. any of them. She actually whatsoever. has seen Slumber Party Massacre. I own it on Blu-ray, and we and watched it, and she didn't give a remember shit. remember <laughs> Do you guys own two and three on Blu-ray? No. And I know that Blu-ray is out of print now. Yeah, and I'm just going to say, after we were watching last night, I'm good with what I own. Oh, I don't <laughs> know about that. Well, mm. I love part two. I, two yeah. and three running, like, I get those two confused. I, I do too, absolutely. Too. I did not know which one it was until he said the guitar real, <laughs> and I was like, yep, okay, it is I, that I, one. I, I honestly... I not remember the pepperoni tit one. I don't I care. <laughs> I don't care for the third one all that much. Hold on, everyone. Well, stop. there's one thing we care Wait, about. Hey, hey, oh. Pepperoni tits. What are you saying? You oh, gotta see the Have you seen one. the third you one? Gotta see the third okay, so here's the thing. If the pepperoni tits was in two or three, I just want her to talk about pepperoni tits. This is hilarious. You need to see... We'll let you borrow three. Okay, so here's the thing. you'll know what I'm talking about. I actually... I think I've seen three. I think I didn't know it was a slumber party massacre, but I think it was one of those that, like, when I was a kid, somebody was showing me because it had a lot of nudity in it, and that's how I saw yep. the first one. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the second one though. I I, I get them. They get they you know. Oh, I know what the second me. one is. If somebody said the guitar with the drill. You know yeah. what movie? Oh, yeah. As soon know. as it started, pl- I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> what I did you? What did you? Yeah. What you was think, your Ren? take? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I saw it. Um, I feel like there was a lot that could have done, could have been done better. 
but I mean, overall, it was fun to watch. It was definitely great to see it in the atmosphere of Grindhouse. The first one right. or the second one? Both of them. I'm glad that I saw both of them. I definitely prefer the first one, but the second one was just so fun and crazy that it was very I, enjoyable. I remember laughing a lot. a lot more than when, like, it, you have to watch it with an audience. Yeah. Oh, too. I don't mm-hmm. know if I could have, if I would have been sitting there by myself eating a Sammy, if I would have. Uh, <laughs> if it were playing in our house, you would have turned it off. Yeah. Once he starts. Uh, <laughs> no, it's definitely an audience movie. It yeah. is. Is it? Is it when he breaks into song in the house? Was that? Was that when you checked okay, out? Okay. So was it before that, I honestly there was a kids movie called Rock a Doodle Do, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, fuck, that's a fever dream of a goddamn movie. I, I actually, I was talking to somebody and we're like trying to figure out like the comparison from one to two and like, why is it? How did we get here? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, a good describer, you know, a good description would be prom night one and prom night two. And I think Andy, you brought that up too. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would be a good example. It's like, it's like something that has nothing to do with the first one. Well, I'm surprised they weren't connected at all. I had totally forgotten that it. Supposed to be connected. It is connected, right? Five years ago, when I was twelve, this is what happened, right. and it's like. But what ends up happening is in no way related to what happened the first one. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I'm saying. I'll just say this: if you're looking at Playgirl and mushing bananas, you know, I don't think you know that you're gonna look younger five years later when the uh, the 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 leather clad stud comes to serenade you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the casting how, could have been a lot better. How was the guy in her nightmares? Like, absolutely nothing like the killer. <laughs> I know. It's, 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 he had on cowboy boots, but they were different there boots. There is even. no relation whatsoever. Here's, here's, I think, the most logical way I could explain it. The sexualized it. fantasy the of her trauma. That comes to life. Yes, it's exactly that, Rin. It's her sexual fantasy mixed in with her, since she's in a band... She's very yeah. heavy in the rock well, she, and roll, and she's basically doing the sexual fantasy, the rock and roll, and her past experience with a dude with a drill. Yeah, I and think then she needs some they turn behavioral a, therapy, right? They, yeah, well, <laughs> at the Definitely. end, no. Um, but yeah, and then it turns into a Freddy Krueger situation where now she dreams him, and he becomes real. It's, yeah. Look, I can't make I total think, sense out of this. I think but it's a dream movie. I think the whole thing. She's she's in the mental asylum. It the whole could time. be. I, I mean, that, I've, I've seen a white snake video. I know how you could just <laughs> shred a guitar and biggly bam, it's alive. Look, this guys, is what's happening. I mean, I just aspire to be him, where <laughs> I can just appear places and a fog machine is just kicking on behind me. You're gonna oh, need more fringe. Yeah. So uh, you yeah. want that guitar? I so want that guitar. you just want to be Edward Furlong with that guitar? Yeah. yeah. That Oh, Lord God. <laughs> One of the chicks was in Friday Part 5. Yes, she is. Yep. The really horny one. The the brunette with the curly hair. That narrows it the fuck down. <laughs> what do you mean? In which movie? In the, On in, Love in Island. Part two. In Part 2? Yeah. There are two of the girls who were in Friday the 13th movies. The horny one? Sally was from the second one. She oh. was in a Friday the yeah, 13th. Yeah, okay. okay. But then there was the other girl, Di- oh shit, it wasn't Diane. Um, that was from the first one. What was the... It was another girl from the second, because I looked them up after the movie, because I'm like, why do they look really, really familiar? 
Yeah, I looked up, uh, I'll say in part two, the uh, curvy one who dies second to last. Yeah. And she went on to do a lot of fun things. Oh, she was, Yeah. Well, she's definitely, she was a playmate for a long time. She, was, she lived in the house. Of, she lived in the house. Mm-hmm. And she is actually famous for being in a Rodney Dangerfield movie as the naked neighbor. Speaking of Rodney Dangerfield, you know what I stumbled across? A failed TV pilot called Where's Rodney? Has anybody heard of this? Yeah. Oh, my God. The Saturday morning cartoon? It's Jared Rushton. He's the lead in this television show, accompanied by, um, what's her name? Uh, Soel Moonfry from Punky Brewster. Punky. <gasps> I uh, and and Brecken Meyer is also in it. And the premise is that uh, Jared Rushton, he looks up to Rodney Dangerfield and like somehow Rodney Dangerfield appears <laughs> and gives him advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I saw someone post about this on oh Twitter. God, did you dude. see it too? Yeah, I saw you it did. too. And I'm like, holy I've shit. I've never seen it. Uh, is it well, on? Is it on YouTube? I mean, you can watch that clip. You can watch. You the can clip. watch the opening it, clip. M- my God, <laughs> it's an awful. And so the, it's like Rodney Dangerfield is like Jiminy Cricket. Like, <laughs> sure, I'm gonna give you sage advice. But then he this also he doesn't know why thing. the hell it's happening either. It's it seems like he's this, just kind of called on. Go, did, ghost go, dad. This yeah. was. Did one episode air on TV? No, it was no. a pilot. Okay. It was a failed pilot. Failed pilot. So I don't think it ever aired, but I guess somebody leaked out either the whole episode or just the opening, but it's pretty awful. So you're going to watch part three, Ren? Slumber Party Mask. I mean, you already watched one and two. I might as well. You might as well finish that. If I remember about three, it's literally just the first one again. Carbon copy? Pretty much. Yeah, Yeah, I'd watch it. I mean, it's a a little different. And by different, I mean not great. Less bananas <laughs> being mashed. No, pepperoni there are tits. pepperoni and no, pepperoni. pepperoni. That's not bananas. Okay. No. <laughs> B A N A N E S. Spicy. Um, I finally am I'm continuing my journey of the tales from the crypt. Uh, I finished season two, and it was phenomenal because mm-hmm. you're finally seeing the crypt keeper fully get into his role. His voice is getting. Mm-hmm. Where you want it. It's more smooth. Smooth, yeah. but high pitched, not a lot of deep tones. And then, yeah, it's got some banging episodes. So, did you talk about season one? No, but I think I mentioned I had started watching kind of an anthology. I've been on anthology kick this since I started the podcast. What was your highlight of the season? Um, I mean, there's a few of them. Um, but if you had to pick one child, yeah, I honestly, if I wish well, I had Sophie's that. choice, if you will. Yeah, I think television terror was probably my favorite just because it's as close as I mean close to what I like in a a scary situation. So, and just to see Morton Morton Downey Jr. in something other than the Morton Downey Jr. documentary I watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a good doc. Yeah, it's a great doc and it's funny cuz I actually remember him. I think I like was watching him at one point when I was a kid. And my mom was not happy not about that. Pleased. No, he was he was a shock host. So. Yeah. Um, the other one, uh, the Corman's calamity is pretty funny. Um, I always my favorite episode of the whole uh, season was Ventriloquist Dummy. The Ventriloquist, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah. That, I think television episode. Is Man, I remember I showed that to Yana, and when you see that thing on that guy's hand, you, she just her reaction was like, "What the." F- yeah. <laughs> yep. Wait, the Sam Kinison episode's not on season two. That's no. season three. Yeah, no, it is. It is? Sam Kinison one is? Yeah. 
where he's in the dude's ear. Yeah, I yeah. do like that one a yeah. lot. Yeah. And then, oh, the one with Patricia Arquette. That's the greasiest one I think. It's weird. Dude, dude, where he's like, Ugh, Oh, it's greasy. strange. I think it's the most really strange. underrated episode is uh, Three's a Crowd. Yeah, that's a good the one. The ending of that episode is just a punch to the gut. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't want to spoil it. I but can't remember man, if Lower Birth is in the second one or the third one. The, the one with Demi Moore and Jeffrey Tambor is really good too. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah. In, I guess that's overall, season two. It's, season two is it's very a, solid. It's, I mean, in comparison to season one, I think that they've really gave you more variety. Yeah. There was a few of. See, that's the thing. It's like there was one disc that was just all like, you know, failed lovers, you right, know, getting right. back at each, you know, getting their. What do you call it? You come up it. Come up it. So yeah, I'm excited to start season three and see where this goes. Are you going to borrow that today? Yes, sir. Yeah, you can skip season seven. Yeah, I I know eventually no. it's gonna well, just watch it all. Oh, I will be watching it you all, but I not skip. Season you know, eventually seven. this is gonna. Fizzle. And then when you're done with that, you can watch Perversions of Science. Now, well, you didn't grow up. You on don't Tales from the Crypt, did you? So, huh? do you I'm, own Perversions? No, I, nobody owns they, it. Yeah, they didn't. It's put not released. You can so, find it on YouTube now. I wasn't allowed to watch it. Obviously, right. when it came to Fox, was the only option I would have had to see it, and I caught a few glimpses of episodes, but I don't remember any of them. Yeah. But the Saturday morning cartoon I watched oh, yeah. religiously, yeah. and I actually had the toys too. There was also a CBS game show with the Crypt Keeper called What? Yep. Yeah, I swear to fucking yeah. god, you guys don't remember that? No. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I mean, uh, then again, that was Sunday really deep mornings into Tales on the CBS. There was a Crypt Keeper game show. It I was kind of like a Nickelodeon. It was type show. Man, like Crypt Keeper was everywhere in the nineties. Yeah. No, it, it was. I think it was like called it was Secrets, the Secrets, Secrets of, of the Haunted Creepers, Crypt Keeper's Haunted, Haunted House. Yeah. yeah, it was basically what's Holy the fucking. Um, oh, you can watch like one or two episodes oh, on YouTube. Oh, I'm sorry, that's what. What I'm is doing. the Nickelodeon? Are you afraid of the dark? No, Legend of the Hidden Temple. There we go. Yeah. it's kind of like that. It's like in yeah, yep. It's like Hidden Temple. Anyway, all right. Shit, I'm gonna watch this. Okay, <laughs> it was so addicting when I was a kid. Speaking of what you're gonna watch, how about what you did watch? Uh, so I dug into Kolchak. 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 Uh, which is the there's two movies that were made in '72 and '73, and they were, um, The Night Stalker and The Night Strangler, or is it the reverse? I can't remember which one is which. One of them has to do with a vampire. And the other, not so much. But they do follow a formula, and it makes sense that it turned into a show the following year in 74. And uh, that's Kolchak the Night Stalker, which is a, a. which I ended up buying after I watched. I had the other two from the Night Stalker and Night Serangler out from Kino on Blu ray. They look great. Um, and so bad that point i was like well i might as well just buy the series which was 13 dollars, and um so far i've dug through like four episodes of that and it's it's great it really is a precursor to x-files it was uh heavily heavily influential on chris carter obviously Mm -hmm. and um which he is he's a big fan of the show um and i thought they had tried to revive this years ago on CBS or Fox or something, but I can't find anything about that. But uh, it's a really good show. If you haven't seen any of Kolchak's Adventures, which is starring Darren McGavin, who is just fantastic. Um, 
I, I highly recommend you check them out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Um, so back to After Dark Horror Fest. Uh, so I watched Mulberry Street. And you think that's this is a rewatch. the best one? It's one of the better no, ones. One of the Lake better Mungo ones. is, is the Lake one Mungo's that I thought one. he was going to say. But. No. Um, but That's a phenomenal movie. Lake yeah. Mungo? Yeah. Yeah. Mulberry Street, uh, I wanted to check out because Jim Mickle directed that, and he's the guy that gave us Cold in July, Stakeland, uh, We Are What We Are remake, and he's coming out with a new film on Netflix uh, in October. Hoppin', uh, what was the uh, show? In the Shadow of the Moon. What? What was the show? Happen Leonard. Oh, Happen Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he also adapted that. Which is really good. But uh, I remember really liking Mulberry Street in the theater. And uh, you know what? I still think it's pretty solid. It definitely has some budgetary constraints. But uh, this was actually part of the second wave of the After Dark Horror Fest. I had to look that up because I thought it was part of the first. So um, to rewind back a little bit, the first wave in 2006, The Abandoned, I really liked. And that's directed by Nacho Cerda, who directed The Aftermath short film and uh grave dancers is another good one um the other ones are okay but yeah uh mulberry street was part of the 2007 one and uh, i think that was pretty much the only one i liked but frontiers was part of the that wave but it got pulled right i have not seen mulberry street i've seen a few of them like the final and unrest oh wow i didn't care for those yeah but did you see the abandoned no, I have. Did haven't. you see Grave Dancers? Grave Dancers. I have not seen fun. Grave Dancers. Grave I Dancers did see is, the uh, Hamilton. Mendes. Yeah, Mike Mendes. But uh, my Hamilton's dad, is my right. dad owns them all. Of course he does. So. Obviously, <laughs> we love you. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, Reincarnation. Uh, who directed the, the Grudge? Did the Grudge? Yeah. Takashi Shimizu. I mean, mm. I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't one of. The yeah, best. I mean, there's not a lot of blow away content in these. I mean, I really like Grave Dancers. I thought it had some very creepy imagery, and I like Mike Mendez as a director. And uh, The Abandoned, it is slow. That's the only complaint that everybody has about it, so that's either gonna shy you away from that movie, or or you'll stick with it. And I think you should stick with it. But Mulberry Street is basically a zombie movie. Instead of zombies, it's rats, sort of. It's like rat mutant (laughs) people. So it's a little clumsy on that. Like you can tell that he really probably wanted to make a zombie movie, but this was during the wave where zombie movies were very saturated. So I think he was really looking to differentiate. Yeah, it was like 28 days later, period. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, here's the thing like, um, I think it's really well made. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some budget problems. Um, and honestly, I think Mickle's better at crime stories versus pure horror. But uh, there's there's a lot of really good moments in this, and Nick Nabici's in it, and I that's how I kind of like really dug Nick Nabici's work, even though like most of his works with Jim Mickle. Um, but yeah, Nick Nabici is great in it, and there's you know side characters that are okay. It's all set in New York. So it's got this sense of community to it. Um, I think it's pretty solid. But, yeah, Mulberry Street. And I think if you have Roku or maybe some other devices, carry that Vidmark channel, which is free with ads, 
that's how I ended up watching it, even though I have the DVD. I was just kind of looking for something to watch. You were lazy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to get up <laughs> from the couch. No, I hear you. And, uh, yeah, that's how I watched it. So if you have Roku, just uh, download the Vidmark channel. You might be able to find a lot of cool stuff on there. I know they have Red State and some of the Ilsa movies. It's weird. But, yeah, you can watch it for free. Okay, Yana. So the next one I watched was Dog Soldiers. Oh, I like and that And I have actually never seen that, so this was my first watch. And cool. you can hear his bag rustling for a certain yep, reason. So he brought Is out the, the fucking German The German 4K. media book. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, it doesn't have the color problem that everybody complains about with no. the screen factor. No, it doesn't. No, it looks... Fantastic. Okay. Great. Yeah, so far there hasn't been a good release of this movie until oh, now, now, I guess. And uh, I I would need to pick this up, probably. How much does this run you? I don't remember, but it... Probably 45 it, About that. But it's it's it was available on Diabolic DVD. Gotcha. It is streaming for free on Amazon Prime currently. That... I just watched that it. Print, it's a nice fun. media book. It's yeah, a that, fun that movie. print is uh, so far most of the prints of the movie are, are shit. Oh, they look like shit. Even though the one from Scream Factory is endorsed by right. Marshall, it was well. At least you can hear looks, it. Yeah, the it still DVD looks had some great. serious audio problems where I had to turn. I remember well, having to turn it all the way up look, just to be able to hear the movie. I know this is Yana's turn, but look, I had the old <laughs> Blu-ray. Shouldn't stop anybody because and we're all talking over. I had group conversation. The screen, the Scream Factory Blu-ray, which was just an oversaturated mess. This for the 4K. That's what we watched at home. It looks great. I mean, really. It I mean, great. it's probably not up to 4K standards. No, it's right. a low budget movie. But I mean, there's no way around. It that. actually looks like film. Like you know, it was shot couple years ago and it I mean I have to say it looks really good this is probably the best it's ever going to look now there are some shots that very very like blinking you'll miss it shots that were probably sourced from the Scream Factory Blu-ray um, and I guess they just couldn't find that source material but for the most part I mean this does this is the best it has looked and I highly recommend picking up the German Blu-ray if you're a Dog Soldiers fan. But if you want to watch it for the first time, go ahead and watch it streaming. It's absolutely yep. fun. It, it is a lot of fun. I totally agree with that. I've never seen it until, what was it, last week or this week. And I had a lot of fun with it. And because it was late, we could only watch half of it. Because since we had to work the next day early. And it killed me because I got really into the movie. Yeah. And, and we're like, we got to pause it now or so we can go to sleep. That sucks. And it, I hate that. And you it's know, like, why momentum. did I even start it then? And that momentum of that movie, because you get so involved trying yeah. to figure out not only like the creatures, because you don't really see them yeah. right away. So no. it's a lot of fun, and it really the I, story gets you really involved. I, I feel like I'm not a big werewolf kind of movie, per, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's my second favorite, sure, uh, other than American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I, I'm not a huge fan. I like yeah. own that Howling, but I. It's all right. Oh, yeah, this one was. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't have high expectations because I'm really iffy in werewolf movies. Yeah. And I really, mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. Not yeah. just the kills, but just the story in general. And for Game of Thrones fans, That's there nice. is a actor in that. Liam Cunningham right. is in it. And well, it's the direct- start of Neil Marshall's Neil Marshall. career, or yep. career who directed 
uh, a couple, the of, couple episodes. Yep, a couple standout uh, Game of Thrones episodes yep. in the Descent, and most recently Hellboy. Avoid Hellboy. <laughs> you know, it's actually I, f- I forgot about it because like no one too. liked it, and then it just disappeared. I it's did too. Fucking wretched. Anyway, but Dog Soldiers isn't wretched. So no, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really I highly recommend it. Joshua. All right. So I watched a movie called Forbidden Zone. Has anyone wow. seen Patrick Forbidden Patrick just recently watched that as well. Now, I don't know if Patrick watched it because I watched it. He's a bit of a copycat. He Well, I, <laughs> I posted about it on Twitter. R.I.P. I don't know where he's also he, dead. Who's Patrick? So, yeah, that's yeah. also true. Where did he, Patrick watch it? Um, I think he borrowed it from Andy's video. Which, if he did, <laughs> um, he watched the colorized version. I told him, you know, the black and white version is the one you want to watch. And I know it's on Prime, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have Prime, so I don't know if he watched it through his new girlfriend's Prime account, maybe, mm-hmm. or if he just borrowed the DVD. Um, I don't know. Now, I have the Blu-ray, and I watched the colorized version, but I yeah. got the Blu-ray as like an add-on from a, like a Barnes and Noble deal. So wait, the Arrow one or no? Oh, Arrow no, didn't. No. Oh yeah, Arrow released Arrow it, put it, it in, the in the UK, but right. in the US, another company released Kino, it. Maybe no, it wasn't Kino. Uh, I can't remember. It was like it's MV fine. something. I don't know. MVD. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, if you've not seen this movie, it's it's about this family, this demented family. They're called the Hercules family. They have this uh, hidden compartment in their this in their basement in their house, and it leads to what's known as the sixth dimension. And it's run by. You've never seen this, Niles. It's oh. it's in it's in my Amazon Prime queue. Okay. So, <laughs> Oh, it's run by this, this lady, the Queen Queen Doris of the Sixth Dimension. She's played by actress Susan Tyrell, who would go on to be nominated in an Academy Award for some other movie. I can't remember which one. Uh, she is a very good actress. There's a couple familiar faces in this movie. Um, Joe Spinell is in it. <gasps> I know. Almost, My boyfriend. Almost unrecognizable. I actually really? didn't know he was in it. Is he not greasy? <laughs> it's <laughs> no, a very, it's a blink and you miss it. It is a blink and you miss it. Um, but he is in it. and So he's not just like breathing over someone being sweaty. Is, actually. He is? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> but you have to watch it. Um, <laughs> but it's just... This movie, look, I mean, that's like the premise of it is just the sixth dimension and all this bizarre shit that goes on. It was directed by Richard Elfman, who is the brother of the famous composer Danny, Danny Elfman. And this was when Danny just got his start with the band Oingo Boingo. They were first known <laughs> as the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, and they score the entire movie. <laughs> oh my god. Oingo, boingo. Oingo. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> What's so funny? I'm like sweating and crying. That's oingo, so boingo really yeah. gets oingo, her. Boingo. It does. I mean, the, the knights the, of the Oingo, boingo? They are part of what kind of what makes oingo, the charm of this, this movie. No, I'm aware I of, have their of, vinyl. It's a dead man's party. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do the score of the movie and is very catchy. Uh, the 
one of the Blu-ray releases, like there's an Ultimate Edition and then there's a Special Edition. If you buy the Ultimate Edition, it comes with the whole soundtrack on compact disc. Ooh. I regret not buying that one. Um, so this movie is kind of like a mixture of like, like Monty Python, like the animation of Monty Python and like the style of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, I've only seen the cover of it. No, it, it, it look, always it looks, looks like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, it's very. Kiwi's Playhouse-ish. And, I mean, the budget... I think the movie was made for, like, maybe 100000 or something like that. Like, they, they were filming the movie, they ran out of the money, and they shot it cheap. They shot it in black and white. Eventually, it was released in color. Uh, coincidentally, I don't even know if it's a coincidence, but Danny Elfman, who is an Oingo Boingo who scores the movie, <laughs> would go on to score Pee-wee's Big Adventure... And Susan Tyrell, who is the lead actress in the movie, would go on to be in Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah. So, I mean, it has that style, and Six if you watch it, of Pee-wee. yeah, if you watch it, you'll be like, "This is very Pee Wee ish." Yeah. So, who else has seen? There is a sequel, correct? No. Okay, so he's trying to get it done. He's trying he's still to. Trying? Okay. It's been ten years, and if you buy the Blu-ray, he he shows like like concept art for what would be Forbidden Zone Part Two, but. I don't think it's ever going to get made. No nope. No. No. He's tried every avenue known the man. Um, Is this something you're fond of, Andy? I like Forbidden Zone quite a bit. I don't know if I really want a Forbidden Zone 2 because I just don't see it being as good, especially yeah. now. Like what it, this is some that's something that should have been done or probably not done at all actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I think that's <laughs> That's a personal thing with me is that somebody has a cult hit and obviously they want it to, um, you know, they want to do something to capitalize on it and maybe sequelize it. But it's usually too... Time has passed so much that I don't think it necessarily needs it. And plus, if your main intent is really to kind of do that, it's not going to end up... Well, anyway, I mean, I doubt there's any more really big story to tell. It's just a weird movie for being a weird movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's cool for its time. No, I and love it. Yeah, I, mean, I do love it. It is but trying a very, to recapture something. Like yeah, you can't this long later. Exactly, and it was make a, it feel like it's cohesive. It was all. a snapshot of its time. Mm-hmm. Not even possible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he he did go on to like do Shrunken Heads. Oh, okay. For a full moon, which yeah. I, I remember liking that. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he did Streets of Rage. I forgot about that. Holy Wait, what? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was in Streets of Rage or he was Streets in- of Rage. This horrible. It, oh, okay. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's a direct to DVD. Is it based on the Sacred Genesis series? I was thinking the same thing because I love that game. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) It's like, I didn't know they adapted that, but I want to see it now. Right. No, but Trunken Heads, I remember because, like, you know, as a kid, I I got really big into Danny Elfman. So, and Danny Elfman does the theme for Trunken Heads. And if they ever do Forbidden Zone 2, apparently Danny Elfman's going to come back and, and do all that. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. You might die. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I finished reading in the last week Misery by Stephen King. Uh, I grew up watching the movie with Kathy Bates. Um, First time read? Definitely a first time read. Happy that I read it. 
it's very different from the movie. Um, I feel like the movie still does the book justice for sure because Kathy Bates is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those movies that I grew up watching. Right. That's it. what I mean. It's like mm-hmm. I'm surprised how much more I got out of the book. It was interesting to hear about the addiction that she kind of holds over her captive and the relationship that develops between them and just what drives each of them. I don't want to ruin too much of it because I know Niles is going to read it. He's never seen the movie. You've never seen Misery. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so he's going to he's gonna read it next nice. and then we're going to watch the movie together because I haven't watched it in a few solid years. Yeah. But I love it. It's like one of my December movies. Yeah, like, it's a good one for the winter. The snowy setting. Or even like late winter, like whenever you're century. like waiting for the snow to I melt. Like the thaw. Yeah, yeah, you're waiting for the thaw because that's like a big driving force, at least in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens in the movie too, right? Yeah. Because like towards the end. So yeah, right. I get that. All right. Yeah, I don't live on a fucking other planet. I know the gist of the movie. <laughs> like... I mean, it's been referenced by a thousand different sitcoms and shows, so. Okay. I will say that the book was a lot more graphic mm-hmm. than the movie. From what I remember, yeah. Uh, the the big thing that happens. The hobbling? Yes. Yeah. Was a lot <laughs> more horrific very in the book. I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, I'm on my second, because I read The Shining, and I'm reading Kurt Carrier right now, and I mean, that's that's his thing, you know, his descriptions of things. It's just well, like, yeah. well, that's way more graphic reading it <laughs> than seeing it, you know, so, because my, my imagination goes. <laughs> it's, okay. I really like the way he talks about how crazy the Annie character is and just how she'll shut down in right. the middle of talking and she'll just become like this stone-faced individual but then she can also be so maternal to him and think that she loves him it's so weird mm-hmm. it's very it's a, stockholm yeah, it's a weird relationship yeah it's a good one recommend cool niles yeah so i've been uh watching all the uh, child's play film ology whatever film ology um <laughs> And I, I, I just wanted to talk about uh, Curse of Chucky because I would say it's probably my second favorite of all of them. I think it was a, um, I mean, I really dug Bride mm-hmm. for the second Wait, one. Wait, the second favorite? Yeah. yeah. What's your first? Child's Play 2. Third would be Child's Play. Wow. Yeah. I think I'd put them in the same I, I think what it is is it's, it's, it's the best reinvention, at least in the original. I still haven't seen the new one. But I think the the story, it even, like, the story's better. I like it. And then also they even said, you know what, fuck it. Let's throw some Bride of Chucky in there, too. We can do that. Why not? And that's that's ballsy. And you know that they took time with that script and they really thought out how this actually would play out and work. Some of the acting's whatever, you know. But I, I think for being a movie that nobody wanted probably at the <laughs> at the time when it came out like who gives a shit cuz you know Cedar Chucky really just bombed so um yeah no oh, I really really dug it and I thought the the 
you know, it almost reminded me of like Haunting of Hill House, like the setting yeah. with like that big house. You know, actually, the entry of the way they use reminded me a lot of uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Mm-hmm. I honestly oh, yeah. think it's mm-hmm. the same entryway because mm-hmm. it has that, t- you know, like the, the corded telephone in the wall. Yeah. And like that whole thing with her being, you know, a paraplegic and being in a wheelchair and not being able to go up. Like that's a huge part of it. And that's yeah. also in that uh, that movie. So I don't know. Yeah, it was really cool. I was really, really surprised that it would have, you know, because everybody's like, "Oh yeah, it's good." I'm like, "Oh well, okay." No, it's, no. I, I think it <laughs> looks. I think it looks really good, and it, it's got some really good kills. It's fun. It's fun without being, without sacrificing being, frightening. Yeah. Without without making Chucky into a comedian. Yeah, well, and even, yeah, that's, like, when they do bring up the bride part, which is obviously just, like, tongue-in-cheek, heavy satire. Right. It's, like, done tastefully. It's like, oh, okay, well, that yeah. actually makes sense. Yeah. This and is it, the one that has, like, the face peeling, right? Like, yes. when he's peeling off yes. the makeup? Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. Was part was, I think, my favorite. It was surreal. Yeah. He was so creepy, like, before he revealed. Because he looked different, but yeah. then he was the like, oh, there he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The lighting that was done up on his face just made him look so unsettling. And it was hard to tell when the movie was taking place. Like, you didn't know it yeah. was necessarily connected. And I haven't to... seen Cult yet, and I'm, I'm going to watch that. Hey, but... Be sure to watch past the credits on that one. Okay. So, you know. But I'm hoping it's up to... I don't know. I mean, I guess it wasn't because then they just switched gears again. No, no, Mancini's still doing... They're doing a TV show continuation. Mancini's... Oh, that's... Yeah, Mancini's okay. still doing it. Uh, MGM owned the property and decided to reboot it, went their own way with it. Which I've heard uh, is good, too. Didn't so. want any involvement with him. So, that I mean, that's it's fine. Uh, I It's weird that it's going to be two different existing things, but I'm yeah. sure Chucky is going to be not involved with Child's Play anymore anyway. They haven't mentioned Child's Play in... <laughs> right. Fucking since the ages, MGM days. Since the third one, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's where I was at. I uh, if you haven't checked it out, definitely give it a a go see because it. I mean, it's it just a good movie. It like it's a good movie in comparison to some of them. I mean, it's not funny like the other ones, but yeah, it's funny. I don't know, like the previous two. Oh, <laughs> those zany. Yeah. Uh, so most of us saw Ready or Not this week. Yes. Yes. Except for Josh. Yes. Well, Yana's seeing it Tuesday. Okay. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, It's directed by Radio Silence, who did portion of VHS and then did that horrible found footage movie. Uh, Which one? Devils Devils do. do. Oh, okay. One of those. But then didn't they do a segment in, or maybe it was only one of them that did a segment in Southbound? Or am I no, no, yeah, they okay. did the segment on that too. Yeah, this <laughs> so is this. I'm sorry, but it's the, picking up a lot of popularity since the hunt got pushed. Yeah, it, it, well, it, those two were going to come out so close together that I, there is a similar theme to both of them. Right. Obviously, the political overtones of the hunt aren't in this movie at all. Oh, one studio pushed pushed out. Yeah, that's very true. Um. So, Ready or Not involves a bride joining a family. She's played by Samara Weaving, who is one of my favorites 
and I've she looked a lot like Margot Robbie. Like she does. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> been saying. That. Yeah, everybody says she's just the. And she is. She could be her baby sister. She's a Skeet Ulrich of the. She is Australian. She's <laughs> Hugo Weaving's niece, I believe. Yeah, I think. Um, but she's fantastic, and this this I hope this really gives her a boost because she's really good at it too. Um, if you haven't seen the Babysitter on Netflix, she's really good in that as well. Uh, but she joins a family, a, a rich family. Like a gaming dynasty who've created board games and then kind of traditionally at midnight, the night of a ceremony, anybody who marries into the family has to play a game. They have to pick a card and the card dictates what game they play. And she just so happens to pick the wrong card. Um, it was by choice. And so then they hunt her. So it, it's, uh, it is a lot of fun. It's got some good violence, good suspense, but it's it's predominantly pretty darkly comedic. I will say I would not want to work for this family because you're just going to have a very oh, poor ending oh, the, to your life. All the, the, the poor help staff. I liked that maid. <laughs> the, the poor help staff. But uh, it's a really good movie. I suggest you go see it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It was fun. I, think I feel like it's very powerful I, I think for Niles and I are pretty much on the same page. It's a uh, okay. So there's, I'm glad it. I'm not mad at it, and I'm. I, I enjoy. <laughs> I did enjoy it. But how about this? It's an everybody movie. Yeah, it's a basic bitch yeah. movie. That's what it is. I'm sorry. I think it's all right. Everyone could like this movie. Yeah, and they made it for everyone. I think like some of the name. comedy. What's wrong with that? I think some your of the comedy hits perfectly. Yeah. But there's a lot of fucking filler and a lot of really stupid gags. Yeah. And there's some literal, like, scripted things that I'm just like, here's the thing. Why would you say that? Why no one would say that? Up until the ending. (laughs) Yeah, the ending? Hold on, hold on. Up until the ending, I was like, okay, honestly, I think this is a two-star movie. Maybe two and a half. But then the ending happens, and I'm like, oh, that kicked it up a notch. So I think honestly, my I still think it's a middle of the road movie. So probably two and a half stars on Letterboxd. I think it's great. You're at the Waller Cooler, and Karen comes up to you and yeah. says, "Hey, I want to see a scary film." You go, "Hey, go see Ready or Not. You'll dig it." Yeah, I it's, suggested it's to really all my coworkers. Fun. <laughs> it, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun, but it's I just don't think it's as smartly comedic as it thinks it is. Yeah, it's not as it's definitely not as yeah smartly comedic. That's the way I put it. Mm-hmm. And then also, it's not as like edgy as it could have been or right. probably should have been. I think it just stays safe. However, the fun. very the very end of the movie is I think that it's, almost drug it down. Yeah, it's a, well not not the ending that we like, oh, but the, like uh, her just. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil it. Yeah. But, like, the final shot, right? It was just like, oh, really? Oh, God. And then the last line, I'm like, anyway. I liked it. No. <laughs> Fuck you yeah. guys. No, no. I mean, I, that's the thing. It's like anyone asks me, yeah, watch it. Absolutely. Did I like it overall? Yes. Most people are going to love this film. I don't think it's fucking great. That's all. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, I'm a pretentious douchebag. But that's speaking of fucking it. great, yeah. Vice Squad, right? <laughs> <laughs> I watched Vice Squad. Um Scream, Scream Factory. Factory. Yeah, yeah. Um Vice Squad was holy shit. Where'd you order yours from? Uh I think I ordered it through Diabolic. Because yeah, I'm starting to get tired of the 
getting damaged copies and <laughs> yeah. all sorts of shit. So I'm just going to order any Arrow and uh, Screen Factory stuff through Diabolic, I think. Those guys Except are amazing. I do have the Rain collection pre-ordered through Ooh, Amazon. Do I don't know. I need. I might change it to Diabolic, though. Vice Squad is a really sleazy fucking movie with Wings Hauser. Um, it's basically, it's one, shit, I can't remember if we showed it in the first or second year of Late Night Grindhouse. That would be the second year. Okay. Maybe. What month was it? That it I was later know. in the month. I still or have later a flyer, in the year, though. I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it is a, uh, like, here's what I'll say. <laughs> the movie's not great. But uh, Gary Sherman directed it, who also directed Poltergeist 3. And I think somewhere down the line, we're going to cover either Poltergeist 3 or all the Poltergeist movies. We loosely talked about it. If we do all of them, we yeah. can't talk about what we've been watching. I'm no, just going to yeah. throw that it's, out there It's right going to be now. one of those mega episodes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, hello, Ghost of Patrick. Oh, Ghost of Patrick is currently haunting the studio. So, uh, <laughs> you smiling, folks. so yeah vice squad is a movie that's just it's a snapshot of like undercover uh cops um busting prostitutes and stuff like that so it's it's definitely a a product of the time and what is really the standout here is wings hauser he's amazing in the movie as Ramrod, and he also has an amazing song called Neon Slime that opens up the movie. Back it up. Did you say Ramrod, like, from yeah, Super Ram- Troopers? Team Ramrod. Well, <laughs> if anything, they stole it from Vice Squad, because Ramrod was created at Vice Squad. Or in Vice Squad, I should say. Anyway, Vice Squad is a really great film that kind of just shows, like, early 80s L.A., uh, the way it was meant to be. But yeah, did we, we liked it. <laughs> Ramrod's a pimp. Did okay. we all see it at late night grind? I don't think anybody's no. seen no. it no. at late no. night grind. I've, ne- I've never seen it except for me. Yeah, and, and, and me probably not. No, I yeah. don't think you were taking me then. You didn't realize how much I loved Ooh. horror movies. No, and I, Ooh, I, I didn't even know this had to have been maybe the first. Don't say you didn't know about this Late Night Grindhouse. No, this was one I didn't even know you had played oh, yeah. when it was really? coming out on Screen Factor. Yeah. I was like, is this good? And you're like, yeah, I played it at Grindhouse. Yeah, I was I like, did you? I'm 35 su- millimeters. I'm surprised. That was a long time Scream ago. Screen Factory no. put this out. This sounds like I an Arrow video title. Or Vinegar Syndrome. You're right. Title, right? <laughs> uh, Screen Factory puts out all sorts of... Yeah, how's those fringe. Vinegar Syndromes doing? Good. I mean, I just I still need to make a dent. I mean, waiting for that next sale, baby. Uh, no. I mean, maybe I'll buy in Black Friday. I'm waiting for that sale. Yeah, take me the T Rex. Come on. Oh, I'm totally. No, I, that. I'll get that. And, uh, and let my puppets get... come. Let my puppets come. <laughs> Damn, Damn, I never I thought I'd see that on Blu-ray. I want to get Hell Comes to Frogtown. Have you sure. seen that? Hmm? Have you seen Let My Puppets Come? Mm-hmm. Any good? Mm-hmm. It's directed by a porn director. Yeah, it is All right, a porno. So it's a porno. It's at least worth watching. Is it oh, a sequel to Meet the Feebles? Or? Sure. <laughs> it's what no, inspired but, Meet the Feebles. Oh, I thought about showing that at my bachelor party. I thought you that were. was the thing. Why that was you? the that was the thing that uh when I I got Meet the Feebles and that on a bootleg from eBay way, 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 way back in the day. On a VHS tape. <laughs> It was a double feature. Mm-hmm. All right, so Vice Squad. 
Anyway, <laughs> fuckers. Sorry. Uh, Ramrod's an abusive pimp, and uh, it's just honestly, uh, it's a performance you have to watch. End of story. Okay. Thanks. Uh, let's get into our main topic. Uh, Patrick, did you even watch this movie? Are you going to join us or no? Uh, I've seen it before. I. Are you just sitting to haunt us? <laughs> it sounds like you're haunting us. Get up in them guts. We're talking about Alice Sweet Alice from 1976. This is directed by Alfred Soul. Uh, anyway, yes, it's co-written it by Rosemary Ritvo and Alfred Soul, and it is the music is by Stephen Lawrence. Which, after watching it again, man, I am still pissed that that does not have an official release. It's good. That mm-hmm. score is amazing. It's it good. Is really it is good. fantastic. It, I don't notice a lot because you you notice all the scores, but. I noticed this. It's one. like a it's good. I mean, so what Alfred Soul was trying to do is essentially like Hitchcock and uh, Nicholas Rogue. Don't look now. Um, very influential on on Alice, Sweet Alice. But what I love about Lawrence's score is it's almost like a low rent Bernard Herman. There's a lot of cues in there that are very orchestral, and uh, yeah, I just really dig the score. And hopefully, somebody will fucking initiate. Getting the masters and putting it on vinyl. Just email waxwork. They'll get on wax it for you. Waxwork. Actually, I commented today on Stephen Lawrence's YouTube channel because he uploaded clips of it showing like clips of the soundtrack. And I'm like, why like, are you maybe doing he's that? Like hyping you up for nothing. Yeah, well, I think he's well, just there's there's bits on the on the Blu-ray. There's yeah, the behind yeah, yeah. the scenes stock with him. Yeah, but so. it's just like did man, it come with the CD? No, no, Mm-mm. that's bullshit. That's what I'm saying. It hasn't been released on CD that's or vinyl. Stupid. I agree. That's what I'm saying. What a missed opportunity. We for need to Arrow get that done. I'm about to say right a CD mm-hmm. maybe to add that extra ten dollars or whatever mm-hmm. they charge for. I know adding a lot of people that. would dip into that. I would have. I mean, Arrow they make doesn't f- do that. Arrow doesn't put in the CD. Uh, excuse me. I hope you're listening, Arrow. Bird came with one. Did it? Deep Red in the UK did, but it didn't in the US. You want me to break out my? I'm gonna shut up. Yeah, yeah, because I'm pretty I know Synapse, wrong, like, Synapse does it all the time. Yeah. Synapse does it, and Grindhouse Releasing does it, and then every once in a while, some other companies will do it, but not Arrow usually. I'm just gonna go home. Arrow does put out vinyl though. They Fine. put out like some of the Cipriani stuff. Anyway, we're going off topic. <laughs> this one uh, was originally titled Communion, and I believe it. Played at the 1976 Chicago International Film Festival. I'm pretty positive that's where it premiered. And uh, this, you know, I guess the big marketing campaign after Brooke Shields became Brooke Shields, which was funny when we were watching Slumber Party Massacre and they were talking about Brooke Shields so much. I'm Her like, first, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it seemed oddly appropriate. Right. Like, oh, we're talking about Alice Sweet Alice tomorrow. Anyway, um, she's in it for a hot minute. Yeah. Um, I don't and really we're gonna have to spoil this movie, so I'm just gonna there's try to no dance around, around this there's for no around as long po- as possible as we can. But yeah. essentially it's a uh, heavily religious film. Uh basically it's it's strict Catholicism in a New Jersey neighborhood and a an incident happens 
I'm, again, I'm being vague so I don't spoil it because that is definitely a fucking shocker. It happens in the beginning of the movie, man. It does Just happen in the beginning it. of the movie. We but... all know what happens. It's on the box. <sighs> go. Hold on. <laughs> Give me the, the arrow box. box. Does it say it on the back? Because if it says it on the back, then I'll t- I'll I'll spill my guts. Uh, oh, yep. Cool. Right Sounds off the good. bat. Right. Told you. A young Brooke Shields meets an untimely end in this religious-themed proto-slasher. Please don't just read the whole box. No, I know. Par excellence from oh. director Alfred Zoll. I got... So I brought oh, the Jesus. old VHS. Oh, look at that double feature. Yeah, fucking Psychomania. That was the VHS that scared the shit out of me as a kid. Those are good movies. Yeah, but they don't spoil anything on the back of that box. Looking yeah. at a VH copy of the Psychomania slash Alice Sweet mm-hmm. Alice. Yep. That's cool. What a That's what a neat. piece to have. Yes. Yeah, I traded someone on Instagram for it. That's awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, trade so him, yeah. Um, sex or? What? What'd you trade? <laughs> uh, one of the Universal Monster Blowies. tapes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you too? I gotta start. I gotta censor you, McNasty down there? What is, did you just say? I traded blowies. <laughs> yeah, he said blowies. <laughs> I said sex. Are you getting you getting so. me confused with Patrick? Oh my god, Woo! Patrick! Oh, it's like that scene in <laughs> Ghostbusters where he's you know sleeping in the bed. <laughs> Busting makes me feel good. <laughs> the ghost is giving Ackroyd, you an HJ. Ackroyd, uh, no. Damn it. Anyway, zipper goes down. <laughs> And his Ecto, eyes roll fucking back. Fucking ectoplasm everywhere. Oh, we're never oh, getting through this. I can already tell. I can already tell we're never getting through this. It's, it's pearlescent. So Alice Sweet Alice is, uh, it's an interesting film because, like, uh, how many people are religious in this group? Niles. Really? I wasn't, really? but I was raised Catholic, so I understand okay. a lot okay, of so th- everything that was I was, was baptized. Yeah, <laughs> I was fully raised Catholic, one through everything. All right. So. Let's be honest, though. This is set in a time and place that that was the norm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, your no. option at that point, if you wanted to go to a good school, you went to a Catholic, Catholic school. Yep. Yeah, my mother it. went to a Catholic school here in right. St. Louis. I she is not Catholic, but it was the option. If you live in a, a urban area or even just well, New well, Jersey, you don't this have an was option. New Jersey, yeah, yeah you, you don't have an option. Have I mean, that's just how it is. You're either you're Irish or you're. <laughs> You know, or you Italian, a, or you live in a bad area and you don't have a yeah. choice. That's right. kind of no. It's what just I was in. again, right. it's a different time, different culture. That's well, just kind of like yep. what everyone did, right? But that's what I'm getting at. Is I think in the 70s and the 80s and up to now, people are in Catholic schools that don't necessarily really believe mm-hmm. or or have that much it's family tradition. faith into mm-hmm. it. But yeah. yeah, it's a family tradition. So that's what I thought was always interesting about this movie. I'm not a big religious guy. I never really went to church all that much. Actually, I think I've literally only been to church for weddings. Um, but <laughs> here's what's interesting about it is that like this is one of the first movies that I remember being kind of anti-Catholicism uh, in a weird way. Mainly because it, by the end of it, it it really it's one of those things that I hate about organized religion is using God or some sort of deity in a wrong way. Like, and we'll we'll get into it later, I guess. Because, yeah, I mean yeah, that's that, that's, that, that's a, gonna be definitely that's a spoiler. heavy topic in religion. Yeah. You look at any religion right. and anyone who mm-hmm. uses religion as an excuse to do something evil against somebody else. That is. Right. In any religion, not usually part of the format, but a personal gain kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But the if you've never seen Alice Sweet Alice, sorry, I may have spoiled the kind of beginning, but like like I said, it's on the back of the fucking box. So um, it involves pretty much the the whole story starts with a child murder, and that child is played by Brooke Shields, which they obviously campaigned the shit out of that and saying that Brooke Shields is in it. And yeah, they re-released the movie once after Blue Lagoon came out. They re-released it as. Holy Terror. Holy Terror. Holy Terror. So it right. was originally Communion, and then I think United Artists picked it up because it was a very independent film. Yeah, I United think Warner Artists. Brothers didn't want to release it, and then somebody else picked it up. And United they Artists changed, yeah, changed picked it up Alice and Alice. changed it to Alice Sweet Alice. And then later, during the Blue Lagoon days, because actually I think the movie was advertised with Brooke Shields because of another movie and it wasn't Blue Lagoon. It, it was something Blue? else. Hmm. Uh, but the Blue Lagoon, I think they re-released it as like Holy Terror. Yeah. So this movie has three different titles and in fact on the Arrow Blu-ray it's got the title card of Communion and not Alice Sweet Alice mm-hmm. but everybody knows Alice Sweet Alice because if you say Communion you might think of that fucking uh, Christopher Walken movie. Oh my goodness. <laughs> there are a couple different Communions. But yeah, no, I mean, this starts off uh, pretty much with a bang, man. I mean, first off, I think the reason why this has kind of uh, lived past its time is the uniqueness of this delivery of this film being very anti-Catholic. Um, the director directed a uh, an adult film, I guess is a nice way to say mm-hmm. it, right before this. And I believe he got in some trouble with uh, the authorities in New York or in New Jersey. I'm pretty sure it somehow got I forget what charges it was. It was like something not indecency, but I bet if if we look it up, we can find out what it is. But essentially, he got in some hot hot shit with uh, with religion like some of the churches around there so this only fueled the fire to get to have him make a film about like how bullshit he thought the religion was and how right these organizations were so this is a definite kind of fuck you to catholicism for sure and it definitely shows and that's something that when i was younger because i saw this probably when i was too young well no Probably. I think I saw it maybe in high school, but it was okay, definitely yeah. like early high school. And it was one of the things that I took out of the film is like, holy shit, this guy either hates Catholicism or wants to exploit some of the flaws of Catholicism or organized religion. And it just, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't, it seems weird to watch a movie that's very heavy into that and then also have a creepy, uh, he's not a molester, but... He is very interested in this young child. Yeah, it's <laughs> and he really likes his cats. And we're talking about uh, Alfonso, <laughs> the character of Alfonso, who is the the big dude with. Um, He's the character that stands out the most with you know stained butt stains on his front, front on his front butt, butt. his front butt. <laughs> yes. Which, when we were watching it, we did make sense of the first outfit he was wearing. It's like oh, because you know he's got that huge lump in his groin area that he's probably just dropping spaghetti on it. I get it. But then he wears he wears a different outfit and I'm like, I can't make sense of this. I thought he peed himself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he pissed himself. Yeah. But what I saw was he he was dealing... Okay. 
I'm not going to say he's not a child molester, but what I think he was doing, and I'm not saying this is okay, but what he was doing is he saw a uh, smarter than normal child messing with him, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to threaten you. And that's like, I think that's what he was trying to do, but it comes off as like he's going to like super rape her. Super rape her. Yeah. Here we go. So I'm reading the Wikipedia because I just wanted to get the facts straight here. Um, so when it was released as Holy Terror, it was released in 1981 because of Shield's performance from Louis uh, Mal's? Was it re-released? Pretty Baby. Oh, re-released in theaters one. or did it go to TV? No, uh, I think it got some sort of TV thing because I also vaguely remember talking to people that said that they saw it on TV. Yeah, I'm just disappointed I because the Holy Terror cut is on the Arrow Video Blu-ray. Right. And I'm disappointed I didn't get to watch it before this I podcast. Did, I didn't get to watch it either. Yeah. But this movie, surprisingly, while not prosecuted for obscenity, the film was seized and confiscated in the UK under Section 3 of the Obscene Publications Act 1959 during the Video Nasty period. I was about to say it's on the Video oh, Nasty. Video yeah. Nasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And was controversial in Ireland due to its uh, apparent anti-Catholic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Catholic but there are so many movies on that list, and this one actually, I think, deserves it. I just say there's some to- like you guys were saying. There's tones in this film that like I wouldn't want any kid watching. You know, like right. I'm sorry, it's that's creepy. So, oh, here's the part that I was getting at. Uh, prior to writing and directing Alice Sweet, Alice Soul had directed his debut feature, an adult film called uh, titled Deep Sleep. In 1972, the release of the film resulted in obscenity (laughs) charges being brought against him in the state of New Jersey, as well as formal excommunication from the Roman Catholic uh, Diocese of Patterson, New Jersey. This event has been credited as influential to the apparent. So he got booted. Yeah. Yeah. He got excommunicated. And this is his fuck you, which, you know, like I said, I picked up on that pretty Pretty much right away. Yeah. Uh, when I saw this when I was younger, and you know, I wasn't very religious, but it, it was it was very apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think the big the big shocker on this is that, like, pretty much within the first 10, 15 minutes, we have a kid that dies, mm-hmm. and it is killed by another child. Fucking <laughs> well, allegedly, right? So here's the thing, though, but it's a violent death. As well, can we just talk about how awful these adults are in this movie? That they're all so willing to just immediately blame this child for killing her sister. Well, you get this. I get that she's like supposed to be like a marked child since she was born out of wedlock and whatever. She's not even allowed to become like a real Catholic, according to them. So it's just interesting to see the culture from that standpoint. Yeah. And and the visual themes to this, again, like like I was saying, definitely heavily influenced from Don't Look Now because of the rain slicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the mask, I mean, I think everybody, if you saw the, the cover of this, like via the VHS or the poster or what have you, that mask is creepy as shit. And I remember buying Very. a mask from a Halloween store just because I'm like, oh shit, it's like the Al Sweet Al's Yeah, it's, mask. it's like a pretty woman mask. Yeah, like, uh, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those clear... Yeah, but, um, but it has makeup on it. So exactly. to look like a, a pretty... So it looks woman. fucked up. Yeah, I, I don't know if this was actually created with the intention of looking good at some point, but... It, what do you mean? Well, like if the, if, if the intention of it were to be like a pretty, a pretty look... 
to wear. Like a pretty mask. No, it's supposed no. to still be unsettling. No. So essentially, like those masks were created to make... I mean, they have an old man one. I think they have right. a witch one. Yeah, it's just, just an easy, up. like, I'm going to put on a clear mask because it's clear, so you, you it's can a apply kid's mask. fake makeup. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what, that's it, really is. what it is. It's 1976. Kids aren't wearing makeup then. Okay. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a creepy image, no doubt. Um, sure. And what's interesting about it is, like, all the violence in this movie, if you've never seen Alice, Sweet Alice, I highly recommend you check it out. Um, we're going to start to get deep into it but you still got a little bit of time uh, before we spoil the fuck out of it but (laughs) this movie all the acts of violence are fucking brutal like they are really sharp really quick and sharp no pun intended except one where's one that's not quick (laughs) yeah yeah Um, but like you know when the woman's going down the stairs and the knife and like stabbing her in Places that you're not used to seeing, like mm-hmm. the foot and yeah, particular oh, fuck. Soul's idea was to have injuries that would be more relatable, right? So that people actually feel feel it when it happens. Like you can you can relate to the feeling. Mm-hmm. Not that everybody knows what it's like to be stabbed in the foot, but. You can imagine how much it But it's hurts. so out of the, like, the main norm string. Like, right. Like, why why the foot? Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see that. Like, no. usually any slasher films. Granted, this was also 76, so it's... In we're the, early in the game. It's early. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not seeing tons of people getting stabbed in, like, the gut or in the chest or... Right. You know, it's usually upper torso is typically where, where we're seeing people get stabbed in films. Uh, but... The foot is just like, oh, fuck, that's gnarly. It's almost like the Achilles heel. Like, if somebody yeah. fucking cuts an yeah. Achilles heel, that kind of reminds like, oh, me of shit. the pencil and the and the leg in yeah, Evil yeah. Dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. your yeah. favorite movie. <laughs> of course. In case that wasn't any more obvious. No, all the violence is striking, and it's it's noticeable. It's it's not just like, a, oh, that was a fun death. For sure. Mm-hmm. And behind it is, a, it, it's kind of a mystery. Um it plays with the, uh, I think it honestly plays with the preconceived notion that almost everybody knows who, what the bad seed is, and it it feels like it's borrowing from that premise, yeah, and playing with the audience with it. Which, spoiler alert, by the end of it, it's not. But I think there's. There's a little trickery going on, and I want to talk about it definitely and see what everybody's perception is by the end of the film once we get the final shot. Um, but what I really dig about it is it's it's like, is Alice doing this? Is she not? Did she kill Karen? Did she not? You, you don't know. And then it gets revealed that, I, I forget, uh, Miss Trigoni is technically the killer, and then it gets weird because, like, she's basically... Here's where it gets a little fuzzy for me, is that she's punishing the sinners. Yeah. But some of these people, like... She's not... Okay, no. No, she's not punishing the sinners. She's keeping people away for her connection to the church or the priest. Oh, that's yeah, what, that's she's right. She's jealous right. of people getting in the way of her, her and her connection yeah. to the priest. Right. Father Tom, right? Father Tom. Yeah. While she's... 
her I think her real drive is the fact that she's been having to care for this angry old priest who has mm-hmm. literally just driven her to this existence of all I do is care for people and that's I mean that's her motive I feel and right. no one cares for her and no one cares for her and she's spent her life trying to care for others and then these people come in and just these pretty girls and this these, little fucking it, yeah, kid comes in yeah it's almost it like a, uh it's definitely a non-christian belief but it's driven by by the lust the greed and all that stuff yeah, yeah. that's uh, that, well that's the thing it's using using your beliefs as an excuse to do what is considered a moral sin you yeah know? and that's that's the basis of it i feel like is her having to make sense of it all and she even sits in the communion or the, the confessional booth and like admits to it and like you watch her like break down into this <sighs> catharsis of like admitting to it and being like oh it's okay and she's like oh is it right <laughs> was uh, this anyone's first time watch yes mine i have not so seen one it person this point Ren, it was your first time. Uh, you? No, I no? have actually seen this previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note: I think it would be a good double feature with uh, "Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte," which is a Ooh, golden oldie. Yeah, there's a yeah. few movies that I would p- it's, put this with. Yeah, like, it's old school, kind of a high society or some type of society where you know but you're meant society. to be a certain right. You're meant to be a certain type of person. <laughs> Someone's being wrongfully blamed for murder. Basically the same movie. Don't look now. Mm. Oh, apparently, don't though. look now inspired a few things in this movie. Well, yeah, yeah that's why I said it's earlier. Pretty, I mean, uh, here's particularly the, thing, though, the, the rain, rain jacket though. double feature. Yeah. yeah, here's the thing. I think Don't Look Now is a heavier movie. I don't know if I would want Alice Sweet Alice to follow it up. No, or, mm. you start with that. You start with yeah. Alice Sweet Alice. Okay, yeah. well, well, maybe. I don't think I feel good it. comedy of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you like cats? God. When Jesus. did they? When did you guys first see this movie? Like I, I said, I think I saw it in high school days, yeah. and I um, I, I know saw I, it last year. I rented last it from Netflix a long time ago, like in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. You can rent things from Netflix. Well, this was back when that's back all you in the could day. do. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that day, Randy? Oh, those millennials! I and used the, to get my cartoons that way. <laughs> But then uh, the movie went out of print, and I remember wanting to watch it a third time, and yeah, I couldn't get it. So then I was trying to get the DVD, and like I said, it went out of print. It was impossible. Although my dad, he always had the VHS, but I didn't watch it until uh, like high school, and it was shown on Turner Classic Movies. Oh, wow. wow. Surprisingly. <laughs> wow. Well, the other big thing, I think, uh, why it took so long for it to come out is technically Warner Brothers does own this. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, right. if you look at the Arrow Blu-ray disc, there is a Warner Brothers logo on on the printed disc. And, and there's Warner logos on like yeah, behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. And and that's what's funny about it is like for a long time I think Warner Brothers was very hesitant about, you know, outsourcing their material and so. they've become more lax. I don't know if we have Scream Factory to thank for that because they were definitely one of the first ones to kind of put out some Warner Brothers stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it I is, then cool, great. Probably more Criterion. Maybe, maybe. I, I think Warner Brothers finally realized, like, hey, let's just have them pay a price and they can do all the fucking work. What's and we the harm the in that? Yeah, that's true. Which is a lot of studios' thought process, honestly. Well, the only harm is is that if they do it themselves, they take all the money. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And yeah, I mean, I think they lose a uh, percentage, but I mean, it's probably right. But they still in make my theatrical money. dealings with Warner Brothers, it's probably still worth their time because yeah. they don't do shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm so happy this is out on Blu-ray. I uh, last year I bought the 88 films release, which is a restoration, I think, of either a 35 millimeter print or I'm pretty positive it was a 35 millimeter print. And they did clean it up and it looked all right, but Arrow's release is straight from the negative and it looks amazing. Yeah, that's the version I saw. I actually borrowed it from you last year and then watching it again this year with you, yeah, it's definitely just... It's way better. Way better. It's the release to get. I mean, it's not even a comparison. Even if you were looking to... You know, save money by buying the 88 films release. I, I would highly say no, don't do that. <laughs> Especially now. But I had that Blu-ray on my watch list for years because yeah. that was the only... That was, know, other than getting that, try to find it on a print DVD. Right, that was the only way that we were... That's mm-hmm. why I jumped on it real quick. Sure. But um, I saw it on Prime because it yeah. became available on Prime last year at is some it, point. Is it? it is still, too. No, I know, but is it the clean version? Um, or is it... it was the same thing that I saw here, but I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't. Oh, rest- I'm not talking about like uh, editing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking no, about. The quality. It, no, it, uh, no, I, okay. I don't think it was restored then. It looked fantastic this time. So yeah, I mean, Prime they upload when they release something on Blu-ray, you get it on Prime. Yeah, and yeah, it's when, usually up to the when quality. they get an updated print, they usually send a. I'm curious if they have the Arrow version. I, I actually now. don't know how don't know. to figure I that out. I you know. doubt it. Yeah. You would think, but I'm telling you, once something releases and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to see that. The Blu-ray is coming out. Cool. And then it's on Prime the next day and you're like, wait hmm, a minute. Wow. Is that the, yeah. yeah. No, and that's the thing. It's like you didn't just It's like Combat Shock. When Combat Shock was coming out and I, I had watched the old release on Prime and then we looked yeah. like when we were recording and it was like, oh, the director's cut is on there now. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I no do shit. remember that. Okay. All right. You can watch it on Prime, but yeah, it's it's not great quality. I would highly recommend checking it out on Arrow. But, um, Rin, did you have anything you wanted to talk about with it? What so were your the beginning um, where they're kind of playing in the abandoned warehouse was very reminiscent for me of, um, I don't want to misspeak, uh, prom night? Getting a prom oh, night? really? A little bit. I didn't think about that. A little bit. Mm. Okay. For me, it was just like, why are these kids playing <laughs> in you know, this area? Here's yeah, the thing. There's no, I, the mom in me was just like They had screaming. no purpose being there. I no. remember back in the day always going to abandoned buildings and fucking around with just random shit. I played shit. in cornfields because I grew up in Illinois. So. I played in barley rigs? Buildings. Corn rigs and, and barley rigs. But, uh, <laughs> wow. But like uh, that Tales from the Crypt episode, the Corman's Calamity, yeah. they... For whatever reason, I guess that was a hot trend when you were a kid, is playing in refrigerators, which is why... They- well, the, okay, so here's the deal with that. So it the tr- <laughs> it was hard to get rid of them, so yeah. people just dumped, dumped them. Yeah. Right, right. So it ends up, yeah, especially that. But now it, it's not a big deal. Yeah. What do, you, what do you do with a fridge now? You can get rid of it. You can throw it away. You throw it in the trash. But back in the day, the insulation that they had, right. you could throw the process it away. Oh, yeah. is that the... Mm-hmm. But also, that's that's why, like, if you look, 
It, you might even watch movies where they reference, oh, this kid got stuck in a refrigerator. That right. used to be a problem where kids would get stuck in the refrigerator because you can't open it because it was a locking mechanism to make sure the seal was in there. Julie Darling. I don't know how we fucking got on Julie this, Darling. but we did. Julie <laughs> Jesus. There <was> Fallout another... <laughs> 4. <laughs> There's another movie or a show? Hills Have Eyes? That Wasn't show there one that of has them where someone hid in a refrigerator? That would be the second movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we should just make, you know, they should just make a movie about refrigerators. We're going to have a whole segment oh, on I the next horror trivia night Does that not about exist? refrigerators. Does that not <laughs> exist? Here's the clue. To, to, in 2020, kid in a fridge. <laughs> Rated PG-13. But yeah. Like, Keeping it cool. Um, the Alfonso character, oh man, he is uh, he is definitely sticks out. Crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. He's uh, one of the things that I remember when I was younger. I'm like, oh God, I don't know what's up with this dude. And Honestly, I I never got the child molestation vibe from him. He was just kind of a weird dude until he like shuts the door when yeah. she's trying to get out. I'm like, oh god, because I just always thought he was he was gay off the bat. So I want. To- <laughs> well, no, I mean I'm not trying to be like weird or anything, but well, I just thought he was a, a, a he worked in a gay bar as. We find out later, like him personally, the, the actor. The, the actor yes. himself was Alfonso. His name is yeah. Alfonso. And, and he's he playing in, Mr. Alfonso. I just thought he was just, you know, this curious neighbor that got in everybody's Queer. business and, you know, was just gay. I always thought that was the case until that scene. And I'm like, oh, shit. Which is, okay. And Get I, her out of there. And that's, I'm not defending him. But that's why I say I don't know if he was, if it was a sexual aggression or just an aggression towards her. Well, there's it that looks, one shot where he's I like, know oh, what it looks yeah. like, and it either way, it's not right. So, right. I but I also think no, he's with, a homosexual. I I really think he's that way. Yeah, and so I don't necessarily know if that was his like enjoyment. Also, I take back the fact that you know she kills his fucking baby kitten. No, and she, that's the most on. disturbing part of the whole fucking kills. Movie. Fucking picks it up and throws it down. Oof. Yeah, hard, hard, hard. Things I want to say about this character. Okay, go. First of all, he thinks he is very sophisticated. Yes, Yes. we can tell by his musical taste. Um, And yet he is constantly covered in filth. Yeah, his clothing Mm. says another Um, story. About your comments about him perhaps being gay. Yeah. This is also in an era where gay isn't necessarily okay or good at all any type of person who is considered not normal it was just easier for them to put them into that category of oh they're weird because they're gay right and and that's the thing with that one scene where he like shuts the door and it's a very it's a scene where you think yeah that okay he's obviously a child molester because he's doing this but everything that leads up to that and every scene with him in it totally goes against that right i wouldn't peg him for being one for the ladies right and especially because you're dealing with a film that's dealing a lot with religion and catholicism you would think okay well they definitely don't like this guy i mean he's nice and he sends flowers for karen's uh funeral right but, but it's like they the still, polite society yeah they that disassociate from to. him like he's just a neighbor downstairs that's all but he's really nice that's all they yeah, take they this food to our to. neighbor. That's all they equate to him. I mean, the, the only reason he's in the movie, I think, honestly, is some sort of visual, uh, like, presence in a weird way. 
Because he doesn't serve a lot of purpose, except, except to be greasy. Except to yeah, be greasy. he serves as the uh, landlord. The evil. No, Slime. he serves as the yeah. evil character. Yeah. when there is no Jabba. evil character, you have a yeah. faceless <laughs> kid. He needed a little, a little monster. And on you, his have, shoulder just you have you have ultra religious family and ultra religious surroundings, and you got the church setting. So what do right. you? You don't have any ugly. You need some ugly. But you also, he also serves the purpose of knowing who Alice might be. Right, it's again the bad seed kind of because, theory is because like oh I know what you yeah did. because he's looked at as ugly he can see ugly he can right yeah no I get that yeah I so know who the fuck you are he's he's an amalgamation of a couple of different character stereotypes plus you know the the kind of maybe possibly homosexual angle until you get to that one scene which there's I feel it's a little out of place when that happens. But on the story level, I get how, like, why it needs to happen, I guess. Like Niall said, it was really just an act of aggression, not exactly. an act of sexuality. But, it was but about the way dominance. It's filmed, the way it's filmed is a little... Right, but... It's a little different. A lot of times, <laughs> rape isn't even about sex. Sure, it's sure, about sure. power. Power. And establi- yes. yeah. Yeah, establishing yeah. dominance. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess... Yeah, it's still it's still in line with. Welcome that. to our horror. I, yeah, podcast. I mean the director itself. I mean he was trying to make an edgy film, right? And this is an edgy film, and it is. And so he picked certain things. Yeah, a killer kid. Uh, you know, it's just the tropes. director's definitely testing. He's pushing the envelope in multiple different ways, and that's what I think stands out about this film. Uh, through the test of time. I mean, we're talking about a film that is 43 years old, for crying out loud. Yeah. But what's what's sad about it is for a 43-year-old film, it because of the availability of it, not a lot of people have seen it, which is kind of weird. Yeah, uh, That because, would be fine for him because right. he does not like this movie at all. So what's interesting about that is, I, is I don't know if I buy all that because his... I mean, I, he talks about it. In that little he does doc, okay. Yeah. I, I I need to see the little special features it's on like here. Seventeen minutes. But it's, what's interesting, but interesting so they yeah. they also I'm assuming talk to his I think it's his nephew Dante Tomaselli. Yeah, that's another one that's who on is there. a independent film director that's directed like I think Devil's Playground and a couple of other things. He's trying to get a remake. Going. He's trying to yeah exactly. And from what I understand, it's you know it's quote unquote blessed. By right, Alfred he's Cole. all for it. He said, I, I hope he can make a good movie unlike this one. And so, he's been trying like, to well. do that since, I think, at least 12 or 13 years ago yeah. is when he first kind of announced it. So, and he was, from what I understand, he was pretty integral with trying to get this out yeah. on Blu-ray as well. But yeah, I still need to, even though I got the Blu-ray, which I was going to get really pissed because uh, a site, quote-unquote site, said that uh, it was going to be out of print and people tried jacking up the price on that. So, really? yeah, like a week before this got released, um, Arrow Video pulled it from certain distributors. For a second. Yeah. For a second. And I'm talking like maybe a, it was like on a Friday they got the news like, hey, don't publish this right now. It's supposed to come out Tuesday. Don't put it out pull it from your stores and over the weekend like that Friday later on on that Friday that that site I don't want to name them the site yeah but it became a panic I yeah know, and I it became a panic about. and we started seeing $80 Arrow video releases of this because it, it's, some people already had copies because they were selling it at 
they sold Fantasia? it. Yeah, I bought mine through Grindhouse Video because the oh, guy yeah, that too. Right. put it out, and I'm like, okay. Uh, but here's the thing: like, from what I understand, there was just a little bit of a question on the copyright of um, one of the special features. That's all I know. I don't know all the full details, but it definitely wasn't really the really. It wasn't going to be a Django situation, and that's <laughs> I was what everybody just was going to say. That <laughs> everybody was like, "Oh fuck, it's going to be Django. So They're going to pull what the release." What happened with? Django. Uh, Had they released it already? Nope. Uh, well, they put it out. People have copies of it. Yeah. But uh, Blue Underground, actually, there's some legality questions on it. There's a couple of different producers that are claiming they have the rights. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be fought out between Blue Underground and Arrow, basically. Yeah, so if you have that, the Arrow Blu-ray, I mean, you're... Yeah. <laughs> you, Steelbook or the limited... I think the limited edition of that goes... For more a money, lot, but, but yeah, that's also a shame because I like Django as a movie. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's see how long you're gonna go on that rabbit hole. I, I tried to dig myself. Out. I encouraged it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Arrow put out a great release of this. I would highly recommend checking it out if you've Absolutely. never seen Alice, Sweet Alice. Um, like Niall said, it is on Prime, but I would really want you to probably buy the arrow release or find somebody to borrow it from what what are you saying i'd rather people just watch it i no, mean if I you want to buy it go ahead and buy it but it is a there's some difficult parts in the movie and you might be you might not like it yeah oh. i'll say that it's not for everybody so the thing that i wanted to discuss is obviously the final shot right what do we all get from this because i'm curious I, I'm not gonna say my thing until i, I hear i from think y'all. you should say your thing first i want to hear what you have to say and I also think it's a good explanation okay. to talk about what happens. So I personally, uh, even though it's revealed that Miss Tridani is the one that dons the mask and the slicker and mm-hmm. kills a few people. Yep. And it's revealed um, pretty early on, too. I would say about midway. It seems, yeah. yeah, it seemed like it's this is early for a climax. I feel that the last <laughs> shot I feel that the last shot almost alludes to maybe Tridoni didn't kill Karen. And I feel that yeah. maybe Alice did it. And what what happened is Tridoni saw... So, like, Alice wears that outfit and Tridoni, I think, puts it in her head like, oh, maybe I can do these things. I can get away with this. And get yeah. away with it now that there's this upsetting child murder that has happened. So I still feel that Alice did kill Karen um, and set her on fire. Oh, my God, that's so horrible to say. But that's what happens in the movie. But, and then Miss Tredoni did the it's other. A Bay of Blood I think that's I think that's really plausible, actually. Yeah. Mult- multiple killers kind that, of a thing. If you didn't have the final shot, I could definitely see the argument like Miss Tredoni did everything. But, but they're just holding Ms. on Tridoni her face. Didn't really have a reason to kill. No motive Karen. for that. Yeah. Yana mm-hmm. had a different. Yeah. So different. I want to hear this. What do you think? Well, I mean, Miss Tredoni did say that her daughter, or she lost a kid on communion, so she kind of could, you know, maybe just lost her shit taking care of that old priest. Maybe yeah. she did do it, because you don't really see that, and maybe Alice saw the whole thing, and you kind of you kind of see with Alice on there, that final shot, she saw Miss Tredoni did all this, mm-hmm. and it could put it in her head that later on, you know... She witnessed all this, kind of put two and two together, and I mean, she yeah. already kind of lost her marbles. You yeah. kind of know she has issues, major psychological issues. So, 
you, it could just pinpointing, hey, maybe she's going to do something like this later and become like her. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I feel that too. I just... Yeah, I mean, what... I take it as... I mean, you can take it as whatever you want. Exactly. They don't explain it. can it. go either way. The way I look at it is, yeah, it was her. It was the lady the whole time. And then I think because... Uh, she had been told she was this person the entire time. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, her whole life was in existence underneath um, the character of Brooke Shields' character. Right. I felt like at the ending, it was almost like she was just picking up the bag and like going with it. Like, yeah. And that was like a setup for like maybe a sequel or whatever where she could become the killer. But I think it was one of those things like she's just like accepting that, you know, people thought I was this way. Maybe I'll just be this way. And that's what I thought. That's what I thought out of it. But I mean, like you said, hey. Why not? Who knows? I mean, who yeah, knows? They that, don't actually tell you, so yeah, it could have been anything. That but. last shot is very open to interpretation. Sure, mm-hmm. I mean, but that's very w- deliberate. Yeah, I mean, it's for it's, sure. It's really there for a reason, and it's. it's I guess it's supposed to provoke yeah. that kind of. And I mean, she smiles, so it's like right. I don't know if she's breaking the fourth wall here. I, I maybe mean, she, she is. She is. She, but, maybe she did do something, and we right. don't know. I mean, she right. killed yeah. a fucking yeah. kitty cat. <laughs> I know that for sure. And that's for sure. Yeah, we do know that. Like, and you that's know, how they start. You always you know hear the typical, like, oh, if somebody kills animals, they become a serial killer. Sort right. of thing. Granted, she didn't commit mm-hmm. most of the murders in the movie, but I still feel that, like, if she has that disregard for life, that she can pick up a cat and throw it down and kill it that way. She that, was, however, um, potentially about to be, like, oh, brutally yeah. violated by yeah, a gigantic no, man, sure, and sure, she's sure. a child. So right. there's always that. Right, right. And the cat was just in if the way. If it's, you know, that pussy or yours, which are you choosing? Ooh, oh, boy. boy. Oh, oh, no. Boy. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Hard edit on that. Thank you. Please. Jeez. No, she said it. It's fine. Oh, it's okay if she says it. You know that actor Alfonso De Noble. Yeah. He. Yeah. Uh, you think this actor would have passed away of a heart attack? No. No. He actually accidentally shot himself. What? Trying to. I think he was trying to get out of his car, and he had a gun in his pocket, and it just went off, and that's how he passed away. It was two years after this movie came out. I didn't yeah. see that's that. kind yeah, of Yeah, I saw, I, I saw that he had died. He'd made, he's just like uh, the Spinel death, right? Right. Yeah. That was so sad. My he's poor got two boy. little... <laughs> <laughs> he's got two little roles in, in two other movies. Yeah, but it. this was his first role, and he wasn't right. like an actor. No. no <laughs> at he all. was a bouncer at a gay bar. Yeah. I thought yeah. he was great. Yeah. yeah, he is very good, I like and he his, stands his, out. Uh, He's the thing that stands out Victorian in this movie a lot. Type of accent. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's a weird character, and I think it it it's it definitely shows that he doesn't have acting experience. But the choices that he made, <laughs> or that he was told to make, uh, end up being really interesting. Mm. I think the main problem, the most problem that I have with the movie is that she, she is supposed to be playing twelve. Oh, and, and she's, she's 19 like, yeah. years she is 19 old. when they yeah. filmed this. She does not look 12. She also has the voice of a goddamn woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, and Brooke Shields. Mother, you don't understand. Does Brooke anyone, Shields is like 12. Yeah. Does and anyone so know? I, I don't understand. What happened to that actress? Like what she did after? Uh, this was it. That, yeah, yeah, I don't think she did anything. This was it. Her. Yeah, she she's got like one or two other credits, but this, That's this it, was huh? it. So, huh. Oh, here's the other thing. I, I I'm just spitballing. Are they twins or are they just no. sisters? Okay. No, Alice is supposed There's to be the no older way. sister. 
Oh, okay. I'm from the dialogue in the film. What I gathered is that Alice is the older sister that was born out of wedlock, gotcha. and then Karen is the golden child. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, she's in a movie called Liquid Sky that I haven't seen, but it's oh, been yeah. on my list for a long time. She's in that. Yeah. Damn. Those are the only two. That's it. I did. I do need to uh, watch that. That's a Vinegar Syndrome release that I still haven't it is. watched. It's true. Yeah, that was in '82, so that was like five years later. Yeah, four years later. I saw it a long time ago, but I can't. I can't make sense out of it. So that's why I want to rewatch it. But sweet, but yeah, cool. I don't, I don't something to look think forward she's to. the. She's not the best actress either. I, I just mm-hmm. it doesn't really make sense why why you would cast that old, especially if she's not going to be. <laughs> That good. I mean, I remember I when know. the IMDb Just, message boards were around. Someone explained like, wow, what happened to that actress or what she does now. But I mean, there's no way to know now. I mean, I could say because of the scenario she's in, being yeah. over eighteen, yeah, probably got a lot of people off somebody's back, right? right maybe, right. Mm-hmm. maybe. I, mean, I thought she was pretty good in it, honestly. With the Alfonso, scene. she's okay. She's just got some over dramatic. Sure. Bits, but I think that's part of the character too. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard to differentiate. Well, yeah, everyone's supposed... always mean to Alice. I know, yeah. just because her mom was a little, you know. And she's also crazy. supposed to be. She's also supposed to be twelve years old. Yes, so. I know. Yeah. Probably Everything's trouble, very over dramatic. Trouble really wrapping my head around how old she's supposed to be right. when she looks like she's graduated high school. All right, cool. So that's Alice, sweet Alice. Again, it's available on Arrow Video. And Blu-ray. Uh, it's also on 88 films, but like I said, I think the Arrow Blu-ray is what you want to do. It's um, streaming on Amazon, and it's Amazon. streaming on Amazon. Uh, let's go around the table and tell everybody where they can find you. So you can find me on Letterboxd and Twitter at Luna Maria 87, or you can find me at Instagram at Nerdy Collector Luna. Or you can check out my podcast I do for Japanese music at Ongaku to you. How do you spell that? O-N-G-A-K-U-T-O-Y-O-U. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and we also have a website. Cool. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd. I'm Joshua. Joshinator1989. <laughs> I was going to say, the only Joshua. Guy. The only Josh. The Josh Lightfoot. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> on my Twitter account, you'll know you got the right one. Oh, boy. Ram. You can find me on Instagram as Rinstelgram, which is R-I-N-N-S-T-L-G-R-A-M. She's better than all of us. I am better than everyone. I am the Supremes. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd <laughs> under Niles Maddox, N-I-L-E-S-M-A-T-T-O-X 22. At gmail.com. No! Stop! Forward slash. Hassles, H-A-S-S-L-E-Z. On Instagram and Letterboxd. I'm Treefy at T-R-I-E-F-Y on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd as well. You can find us all as a collective at Destroy the Brain on Twitter and Instagram. And again, on Facebook.com slash Destroy the Brain or through our podcast group at Facebook.com slash groups slash We Need to Talk About Horror. Our killer track is not related to the film. It's just a song that I really dig. And the album comes out on October 18th. And you can find a lyric video that I highly suggest you check out on Destroy the Brain right now. Yeah, it's dope. So destroythebrain.com. Just, uh, yeah, it should be on the first page. The song's called Nothing is Safe, and it's by 
a group called Clipping. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Everyone safe and sound. This our family do. Only homies around. Everyone here is crew. Something foul in the air. Something feeling askew. Wind is in the pipes. Is that whistle calling for you? Don't holler. It's cool. Windows boarded and sealed. Doors are bolted and locked. Product cooking on pace. Weaponry fully stocked. Bodies sleeping in shifts. Other bodies keep watch. Bullets of an antibody cop running up in the spot. The pop, the pop, drop. The lights are drop low. Something shot from the trees. Went straight through the front door. Homie dropped to his knees. Blood seeping from his neck as he struggled to breathe. Wood and floors stained wet gets off the more that he bleeds. He leaves, believed it. And no one told me what was coming, but it creeping on the come up. Now it's right up in your face. Face it, let it resonate up in your bone a minute. When you shiver, make a sliver big enough for it to have a space. Ripped life slipping away. Maybe you can make it out with just a little bit of grace. But it truly doesn't give a fuck about the fear you feel. And it is here to make you understand that nothing is safe. Nothing is, nothing is safe. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is safe. Nothing to pray for. Nothing is safe. Nothing is, nothing is. Cut the light and stay low, all is quiet and still. Peering through the window, staring over the field. Scent of death in the air, nothing out there looks real. Close the homies eyes, now is not the time to be feeling really load up. Furniture, low walls, barricade you inside. Lose the lights in the hallways, everyone gon' be fine. Phone that no one should call, starts to ring at one time. All the homies I slide to it, then the ball split from the outside. The air rushes in, it's cold as fuck. Bullets slapping like hell. More homies struck down, the mission has failed. The wood is split, splinter chandelier falls and smashes. Hard glass and steel everywhere, and every throat screams in protest. You all are dying, and really will anyone care? Truth like death comes for everyone. Barely had to summon what was coming, it was creeping on the come up that was right up in your face. Face it, let it resonate up in your bone a minute. When you shiver, make us live a big enough for it to have a space. Ripped life. Slipping away, maybe you can make it out with just a little bit of grace But it truly doesn't give a fuck about the fear you feel And it is here to make you understand that nothing is safe Nothing is, nothing is safe Nothing is sacred, nothing is safe Nothing to pray for, nothing is safe Nothing is, nothing is Death is coming for you, but you already knew that Thought the click up brought you some safety up in this pack but that didn't add up, back up, stand up, strike a pose What you get up, that's what they like, you suppose They go rack up, stack up, that stuff that you stole But the fact of status, wrapped up in black coat Caskets cannot be ignored Running so fast, shit had an award Homies got gas for cash from that score Y'all could've made a dash just after one more So you put up on the gas and smash round the corner Only one man was sent to the coroner Wasn't part of the plan, but damn, the fast forward And whip was too quick to flip and fast forward With the past smashed, every wall, pillar, and floorboard Ashes to ashes, dust in the lung Fire now on everything, gasoline been poured Last piece of action for you, so just catch a glance of what could have done this Something about how we walks remind you of someone You look and see a gun, a man with no face A golden halo that could be the sun Long ago you saw me what was coming It was creeping on a come up that was right up in your face Face it, let it resonate up in your bone a minute When you shiver, make us live a big enough for it to have a space Ripped life, slipping away Maybe you can make it out with just a little bit of grace But it truly doesn't give a fuck about the figure